Like, didn't you try to get verified? I did. Oh, wait. <laughs> that was on Twitter. That was on Twitter, <laughs> not on Instagram. This was, like, definitely a... <laughs> I was like, no. They were like, oh, we want to verify. now. Well, because you know what happened? When I was in Jamaica, Xavier had texted me, like, oh, someone hacked your account. And so I had to, like, do all this stuff. I'm uh, like, no, I need to make sure that people follow. I don't know what, it, what was in my mind. I didn't think it would be that difficult. Yeah. Like, you need a million followers. I was like, You need oh, a million? You need, like, a bunch of followers wow. to be verified. And I was like, it's just like, this is real, the real person. Like, I'm Kavani Gibson. Anything else isn't me. Also, because it was like all these alt-right people were like faking to be black people. So I had got friend requested by someone that I was already a friend with. Like, but that was like a black college professor. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I can't let this happen. Like someone saying that Kamani Gibson is not me. Um, and they were like, sorry, you don't meet the standards or something. Mm-hmm. I was just like, damn. The standards. It was worded more like professionally, so I couldn't yeah. sue them. Yeah, but one day, <laughs> one day, <laughs> I'll get my big break, and I'll get my blue check. <laughs> um, but are we ready? Yeah. This is Shannon. And this is Kamani. And we got some amazing, dope people in the studio. A beautiful couple. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Because we're just going to jump right into it. Because they're amazing and they're fans of the show. So, go ahead. Alright, I'll start. Uh, my name is Kiana. I am very good friends slash colleagues with Kamani. And... At the, uh, we're both history PhD students at NYU. And my husband. <laughs> I'm Darian Nurse. Uh, I am Kiana's husband. I uh, work at iHeartRadio as a computer engineer. Nice. So, yeah, just here for uh, some polite conversation. Polite conversation. <laughs> <laughs> With alcohol involved. With alcohol, yeah. Of course, of also, course. yeah, I don't know if this will be edited out, but how explicit can we be about certain things? You can be explicit as you All want right, to cool. be. Oh, just so y'all are aware. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, it's, it's We talked about We talked about stuff. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. Or like, if, like, I don't think we've ever gotten to the point where we're like, okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we haven't. We haven't we gone haven't. that far yet. <laughs> All right. Um, so, no. And, except <laughs> oh. Remember last episode when you said the thing and then we started? Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That was the only thing, but that was, that was supposed to be out yet. <laughs> All right. No, not, no, 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 no. <laughs> not yet. No. That uh, wasn't supposed to be out. <laughs> I was listening to it. It was just so hilarious editing it. But as you all know, we have a great topic. But before we dive into that, we're just going to recap. And since we have great, opinionated, other beautiful black millennials in the, stu- the office with us today, they're going to chime in on everything. You're real about to say studio. <laughs> One day we're going to have our padded rooms and everything. Exactly. Right. You got to take it till you make it. Right. We're in the studio today. I, all I can hope is like a phone doesn't go off today on like a Saturday morning. Not us. Okay. That one. Oh, yeah. And then that. But I don't think, I think, any, I I think, think we're fine. Yeah, I think people used to that like sound. <laughs> like they think it's part of the ambiance. Yeah. Um, so this week, a couple things have happened. First, white women are always white women. 
they're white womening. I feel like that should be a verb. Yes, white women. Like I have like a list of things that should be on shirts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you have been living under a rock or been just avoiding everything terrible with this current administration, Brett Kavanaugh is most likely going to be confirmed to the Supreme Court. Um, today. Like today. We're recording <laughs> Saturday. Um, so by the time you hear this Monday, he probably will be voted in and there'll be so much stuff going on. And we've, Shannon and I have talked about this on air a few times, but like, what about you two? Like, how, how has it been? I feel like we're going to go back in time well. and be like in the handmaid's tale. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, how did you guys? <laughs> I mean, we talk about this a lot because one of the things that I find so interesting about my husband is that he likes to troll white supremacists online. Oh, my God. <laughs> and see exactly like how they think, what kinds of things they pose. But also like what kinds of discourses that they that really start with them and mm-hmm. then seeing how those become viral and other people pick them up and i think it was like maybe last week or something you showed me that meme or maybe i showed it to you i can't remember but it was like um you know the whole idea of brett kavanaugh now being the victim his reputation being under fire that we should be thinking about our husbands and our sons and our fathers and like how would we feel if those people in our lives are wrongly accused, quote unquote, of sexual misconduct? And I'm just like, I'm just like, this guy is not a victim, like, in any sense of the word. Mm-hmm. When they say ruined his life, it's like he doesn't get confirmed to the Supreme Court. But he and still I'm gets like, to keep his job. I'm like, but his life is since ruined. when is that ruining someone's life? That's what I understand. I'm like, yeah. People go to prison or people die. I'm like, this guy just won't be on the Supreme Court and that somehow, quote unquote, ruining a life. Mm-hmm. Look, so. My manners is always going to be good. So exactly. it's like... And there was like an interesting, a lot of interesting threads online about it, talking about like how white women are very interested in maintaining their connection to white men mm-hmm. and protecting like their privilege in regard to that, regardless of how white men will end up treating them. Because Dr. Ford, who testified about Brett Kavanaugh, they're like, okay, but whatever. Like, like a bunch of white women have said, like, oh, I believe her. But still, mm-hmm. like, confirm him. And it's just like, really, <laughs> like, no, like, literally, like, Susan Collins, or like, I don't know what she said. Like, I just tried to, like, Oh, she said, oh, I did not feel there was enough evidence (laughs) to convict at this point. Although we just had this sham of an FBI investigation that lasted one week and didn't do anything. <laughs> they didn't talk. So I'm just like. It really was like one week. <laughs> Maybe they weren't allowed like to talk days. to him, right? <laughs> to Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, or something yeah. like that. I don't think they the talked other, to Dr. Ford either. No, neither. Yeah. I don't think they talked to the other women who accused him either. So the White House kind of was like, you guys need to just investigate Dr. Ford's allegations. And then maybe like around Wednesday or Thursday or something, they're like, oh, never mind. Y'all can talk to these people, but the report's due on Friday. So it's like really like no teeth to this thing. And not to mention, when they did have the report, I think it was about a thousand pages long. There was only one copy between all the senators to eventually read one they, day before yeah, they put voting. It in this one room that you had to, like, to, to go read it. And it's so, all bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you I guess you had to just like wait your turn to read this stuff. <laughs> and I'm like but then, like, as senators, they that's, all have egos. I'm like, that's just trifling. Like, that's just so, Especially when we have the internet and computers. I'm like, y'all can put this in a Dropbox and share it with everybody. And, like, you have... There's so many options. This is the U.S. government. Yeah. 
No tea. It's a sham. <laughs> we all, we it's all a sham from start to finish. We and we're just supposed that. to stay here and be like, well, yeah. I guess this is fine. Yeah, and like I said, one of the things that we have we talk a lot about is just like, you know, with this whole idea of, you know, think about your husband, think about your brother, and if they were accused. And I said to Darian last night, I was like, if you were accused of sexual assault, my first instinct is not going to be like, oh, you know, my man would never do something like that. This woman's lying. My response would be, what did you unknowingly do to make this person feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Because if you think any man in your life, especially as a person like who's been raised and socialized in a patriarchal society, mm-hmm. I feel like so many guys like cross lines, they, they're not even aware of mm-hmm. because of the way that they're socialized. And so that would be my question of like, what did you unwittingly do to make this person feel uncomfortable? Because obviously there was some miscommunication that happened mm-hmm. here. And you know what? That like I wanted to like bring up this experience that I had and this person I was messing with before and like, you know, sometimes when I get intimate, like I'm like, okay, like now it kinda hurts at this point. Mm-hmm. And like the person that I was talking to at that time had completely just stopped. And like I respected that so much because just you're not trying to force that that point onto me. Like you want to, you know, bless your nut or mm-hmm get your pleasure off of me but like i'm telling you like hey i'm really uncomfortable right now and he just completely stopped and you know like i wish more people was like that and i think that says a lot uh we can talk about this a little bit later when we get to the main topic but like like what kiana was saying about him how men are socialized in our society um to kind of like society caters to us and we act this way and we just have for so long not had to confront it so that's why when all these things are coming up and you're kind of like, wait, I'm not what like when so when people say men are trash, we kind of had this conversation before. It's like yeah. I'm not trash or something like that, and then like that initial. I feel like that's like always a conversation. Yeah, but like that initial whole need to defend yourself or mm-hmm. like trying to distinguish yourself or like put yourself on a different playing field is kind of like how dare it still comes from a place of like how dare you say accuse me of this thing or buying into this system when I'm nice to you right. for the whole nice guy thing. Yeah, that, and so that's something that and I think. And we've had this whole when the, our faves are trash conversation when we yeah. talked about that episode. Uh, and you should chime in on that. Oh, yeah. Because we definitely, yes. I feel like my fave is not even like my fave anymore. I'm just like, I don't like, like you can't really have faves no more. You really can't. Especially if they fave, like you don't know people. Yeah. And I, I want to point out, you the view, the listeners can't see what's going on, but Kiana is saying all this dope shit with mm-hmm. a woman don't owe you shit hat. Oh, yeah. Right? I wore that hat so bad. He got me for my birthday. <laughs> Y'all, okay, so I, this is the wedding I went to that if you Oh, this is... Oh. oh, this is their wedding. They posted their pictures today. Like, so... And you see why I love them so much? And I'm like, <laughs> when they got engaged, I was in the back, like, I just kind of came out of the bathroom and there was a picture like it was for a Game of Thrones or something, right? No, it was just like a party that we had because I had just come back from Argentina. Right. Oh. Yeah. And so I came out of the bathroom and it was all quiet. And I'm like, what's going on? And they all looked at me like, oh, Kamani. And Darian's talking and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, huh. And then like, <laughs> he like, I don't remember what happened. I just started getting in my emotions. And he, but I saw a ring <laughs> yeah. and I heard the proposal. And that, so there's a picture of me like going like this. I was like, oh well, my gosh. There's also a video and you dig that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you know how dramatic that is. Right? So, fall out. <laughs> almost, for real. So yeah. I, so I'm really grateful that you guys came all this way. Oh, I know, I'm glad you invited us. I know us. New Yorkers, it's, it's a trek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. from Brooklyn. We got, we made it. 
Yeah. Yeah, Brooklyn is always a travel. Like... It was just MTA. New Jersey Transit was fine. But That's like, really good. They've been trying really hard. Oh, I feel like NJ Transit, like the trains always kind of runs. Like you know exactly what time it comes. You know what, where you're stopping. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But when it comes to the subway, Yo. I can't take it. <laughs> Live I am from New Jersey. The I could not deal with that. <laughs> yeah. It was a two, you were saying? Yeah, it was a two. And it's like, oh, 10 minutes away. I'm like, these are 10 MTA minutes, not 10 real minutes. So we'll see how long we'll be waiting on this platform. Um, did you have anything else to say about the Brett Kavanaugh thing? Um, oh, Susan Collins. Yeah, Susan Collins is trash. She's white womaning. Um, I'm interested to see the fallout of all this because I'm hearing stories about riots potentially happening. And Maine? Amy Schumer got arrested. I'm just like, Amy got arrested. We're all starting with because I what did this white woman do? <laughs> like, she's trash. Like, you gotta pick your battles this time around. I'm like, like, like some dark times <laughs> that we are living in if Amy Schumer is an Amy ally. Schumer. <laughs> Yeah. She was like, no. <laughs> this is where I'm going to stand. Exactly. Oh. Like, no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, like, again, this whole white woman, like, benefit from maintaining a racist, but also a patriarchal society. Yeah. But mm. even when white women treat them, ter- white men treat them terribly. Seriously. They're like, at and least we're not Negroes. Right. Or. I'm not black, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that. And the thing, too, like, so what was it yesterday? This person I went to high school with um, posted this status that was still along the lines of, like, we should think of our husbands, oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And she's um, Latina and. The thing that I always want to ask women who like forward these kinds of arguments, I'm like, do you think you you are the exception? Like, if you got raped, do you think that the people who are supposed to be there for you like would react any differently than how they're trashing all of these other women mm-hmm. who said that they've been assaulted? Like, do you think you wouldn't be called a liar? Do you think that people wouldn't question you? And so it just boggles my mind because so many women go through any kind of like even just walking down the street you get harassed right. but like the statistics are like overwhelmingly such that you know even if you like you know personally even if you don't know their story like a woman who's probably gotten sexually assaulted and so just to see people reacting like this that i know i'm just like damn so if i got raped like mm-hmm. i'm not telling you and you mm-hmm. know what's so like what makes it even more like fucked up like it happens in families as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's just like okay now well could I go to the person I trust the most? Would they believe me? And a lot of you know people that grow up and families like this ends up just being kind of fucked up being older. And I'm, and you made like really great statuses on this whole Bill Cosby thing. And we said in the last episode, I don't want to get too much into it because yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's like a black hole. <laughs> mm. um, we it said on black the, hole. It's like the last. Everyone. I was literally arguing with my dad publicly on Facebook about uh, Bill Cosby. My mom was it like, was no, but he needs to go to jail. <laughs> my, <laughs> my mom, father, and my sister. My sister was like, <laughs> he needs to go. Go. Like, he gotta go. And my sister and I, my sister's like, he's not even the best black father on TV. So, Hello. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> like, I'm, maybe since That's I was facts, raised, well, I was, maybe because I was raised in the '90s more on the Fresh Prince than the Cosby's. Thank you. So Uncle I'm like Phil Uncle Phil. <laughs> Uncle Phil. He, yeah, but like Uncle Phil was that dude though. Just it's. It's not like he can I mean, be a favorite still because he's dead, so he can't. Well, actually, what if something? You never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's we can't have no generation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Damn, that might some some historian might uncover some shit. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think 
uh, this is the last thing I'll say, and then we can move on. It was it, it's interesting to me because it took me a like to learn a lot of things. It took me a few years to realize it shouldn't be about who is necessarily connected to me or thinking of them as like, oh, that's someone's mother, mm-hmm. wife or child or daughter or something or sister. It's about that's a human being mm-hmm. and that shouldn't happen to anyone. Yeah. Um, and so it took me like like a few years ago, I realized that I'm like, oh, damn, that's like that's how we should approach thinking about these things when people come forward. Um, and I think it just shows that for men, regardless of how, and I'm using air quotes here, so quote, good we think we are there's a lot of things we need to unlearn and unpack mm-hmm. and move on beyond um so yeah i feel like that should be episode two thinking uh, that you're a quote-unquote good nice person guy. nice guy even like it goes for females as well mm-hmm. so that could be an episode um did anything else happen this week oh melania did you see <laughs> oh. <laughs> did you see oh, the video i posted this morning uh, oh yes that was ridiculous <laughs> I don't even know what it's properly called, but she the went safari to Kenya. Hat, I guess like, I don't know. It was it like a British colonial film yes. from eighteen ninety. Yes. Right. I was just oh like, who is your stylist? Because they're if acting, I ever wanted to be a white woman, I think I'll be Melania because she's just like really just clueless. oblivious. <laughs> she's really clueless. Or not? She's just like I don't I, fuck. like the shirt. Like like. You remember so, when she wore that? Uh, what? Was I don't like care. Or, yes. Or something like that. I don't oh, care. Yeah. I'm like, cool. If I want to be a white woman, I want to be one that offends. <laughs> Like just go all the way. Don't try to like go oh, no. all the way. No, no I didn't know this. Like, <laughs> well, so if you haven't seen the picture, she was in Kenya and she was wearing I forgot the exact name of the hat, but it's a stereotypical like you see it on like Babar and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah the um, um colonial, it's like the colonial like, hat yeah. and like Kiana put it saying like eighteen nineties is like perfect because that's like <laughs> yes. the whole like partition of Africa. Um, and it's like a symbol of colonialism, and she is just like so oblivious to it. Um, so this morning, like, Time posted, like, oh, Melania was bumped by an elephant. And I was like, <laughs> elephants can smell the stench of evil. It was like a baby elephant that, like, nudged her. Like, get, get out of here. Um, so, yeah, more foolishness from them. Did anything happen in pop culture? Insecure? Yes. Oh, yeah, which we'll get into. We, we're going to get more into Insecure. Mm-hmm. But the season finale aired with his last week. And I am so happy <laughs> that Molly got her comeuppance. <laughs> you were like in my mind. That was exactly what I was gonna say. Like I, there, like in a future episode, I'll tell you exact when I'm ready. I'll tell y'all exactly why I don't like Molly. <laughs> but I was so happy that from her relationship shit to her work shit, she got shown that like her whole trashness wasn't gonna fly. Uh. Like, because, like, so, dude that she didn't want to have a relationship with because he had an interaction with another guy for, but he said he didn't like, him, he yeah. didn't like, he Jared, didn't like it, Jared, yeah. she didn't, he didn't like the interaction, he just told Molly after she, like, shared, like, oh, yeah, I had relationships with girls in college and everything like that, and then she was, he was, he told her, like, yeah, I had a, one thing with a guy and I didn't really like it, uh, and then she could not get over it. She was like, he's gay. He's gay. Yeah. That's it. They made it back like, what was the, it was last, was the last dragon? Was They were seeing a film mm-hmm. for like black, like an old black film, not old, but like 80s, mm-hmm. um, about like Kung Fu or something, like yeah. at a drive-through, drive-in thing, or like they, like a park. Mm-hmm. And she and ran, she runs into him. And his, this dude comes up and he's really attractive, light-skinned, beard, bald, uh, well not bald, I don't know, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Um, but... 
she thinks they're together and instantly runs back to Issa and Kelly and like, oh, and I saw Jared and they were like, how he look, gay? And <laughs> later on, that's exactly it. That's exactly how it went though. Like she was so happy. She had him figured out. She's like, I, I mean, I would low-key say some shit like that, but not like to like, oh, he's gay. It was just be like kind of like in a joking kind of manner. Oh, really? <laughs> but not like to offend or nothing like that. But she meant it because like she didn't want to... She meant it insofar as like I made the right decision breaking things off with him because even though, I knew he was gay, even if he didn't know it yet. Even though he was uh, on, she was on I'm his doorstep at the end of season to... one, exactly. crying and stuff. <laughs> exactly. So the episode kind of ends with her like he walks up to her, yeah. and with there are like four of them, so him, the dude, and two black women, and he's like, "Oh, hey, nice to see you guys. This is my brother, the guy that she, uh. <laughs> that she thought was his." boyfriend husband whatever right and he was like this is my girlfriend amber and the thing is she was like a dark-skinned girl just like molly so it was kind of like molly's face was just cracking and like egg all over it and i was living for it oh my god i gotta watch it and then like the funny like the last thing because like she's been really terrible at her new job Mm -hmm. like being just over well not overly i won't say stepping on people it's like stepping on people because like she comes and, like, part of the, the thing I can understand about Molly and, like, her work life, like, she was coming from a very white firm mm-hmm. that was, like, very cutthroat and, like, you had to, like, prove yourself and do all this thing. So she went, now is at this more black firm that last season she said it's more, like, homey and she wanted to kind of do this and not have to, like, do all this extra stuff and be promoted. But this season she's been struggling with this other dude who's a Morehouse man. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes, we know about Morehouse man. <laughs> If any I know Morehouse Man. Huh? I know man. Oh. If any of y'all Morehouse Man want to come here and defend your honor, you can come. But I listen to that. Because <laughs> oh, they have an attitude. Because they really believe they be like, I'm the best black man out here. I mean, he doesn't have an attitude. But he's just like very, he's Aggie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's Aggie. So her and this dude been like in a competition, short, sort of. Oh, really? And so she found a way to kind of, he didn't show up for a meeting one time. And she kind of beat him, like, presenting what they were working on. Yeah. And so, dude, but before this, she had, like, blew up these two black women that were trying to work with her in a more collaborative way. Yeah. So, when she stepped up and took over for the dude and, like, they were supposed to still be working together, the episode ends with the dude and the other two black women she blew off end up working together. And it was kind of, like, funny because it gets back to her for being, like, this cutthroat person in a place that's not supposed to be just being too bougie from, like, the start. (laughs) And that's why when she gives Issa advice, I'm like... Yeah, I'm like, you need to sit. Your therapist didn't even know about your situation with Dro. Which we gonna talk about. <laughs> your, therapist, like, your therapist had to be like, who's, who's Dro? Dro? And then like cut, and I'm like, no, I need to hear this. Because she was like, so she's been seeing a therapist for like two seasons. But she's been very like not committed. And I understand. Because when you thought start therapy, it's like, damn, this person. And especially when you're conditioned to believe like therapy, like they're trying to fix you and like get in your brain and do all this stuff and work around and like make you feel uncomfortable um so but she's been talking and she finally started talking about like the stuff with work and then she mentions drone she's like oh this is just like drone and therapist's like what <laughs> who is this person <laughs> i mean well this is just like a really side track question do therapists really fix things i think it helps in turn not fix but the reason why it's great to talk to someone that's objective and not like family or friend or whatever, like counselor or something, like they really don't have an investment 
necessarily. Like, they have an investment because you're paying them. But, like, in terms of an emotional investment, so it's kind of detached. So you can say something, and it sounds weird. And whereas your friends would be like, oh, I don't know. That sounds weird, but, like, that's my friend. I don't really want to, like, hurt their feelings. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything. A therapist would be like, actually, that's kind of problematic. Mm-hmm. Or, like, <laughs> that's not healthy for you. Because I'm like, all right, I'm thinking about going and finding a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I found a perfect website. I think I mentioned it before. Black Girls Therapy? Yeah, and it's, like, all black women therapists. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about going on there. Because just a lot of things have just happened. And, you know, like, one of the things. And, um... And I feel like I, I want to talk about it with somebody, mm-hmm. but I feel like the people that's around, I don't think they'll understand where I'm coming from. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. For me, I think my therapist does a really good job of helping me understand why I think, the like helping me ide- identify my patterns of thought and how I mm-hmm. respond to certain situations and like emotionally, intellectually. And so having that like self-awareness of like, this thing happened to me and I'm responding to it in this particular way because of these other things. Like before I didn't have that self-awareness mm-hmm. and I think therapy helps me with that, which makes me, which helps me like manage my emotions a little bit better when similar situations pop up. Yeah, okay. I agree. Like for me, it's been almost a year and normally I would just have these anxious thoughts and people are like, oh, come on, just calm down. Or I would say something and they're like, why are you worrying about that? But having someone like stop me when I'm saying it and be like, this is you thinking so far in the future, like, mm-hmm. or thinking about too much in the past, and this is like a, a habit you have, and that it continues, it mm-hmm. was really helpful. Yeah. So now when I'm speaking and like, I'm just like, okay, I'm thinking in the future, I'm like worrying about something that, or like saying like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be a failure, and my therapist would catch me like, when have you ever been a failure? And I'm like... Come on, and you're pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Right. But like, so that's stuff like you get worked up in your head and you've mm-hmm. been like internalizing for years and no one has really been had the language to articulate why it shouldn't be a problem or like why that's something you should break out of. Mm-hmm. But having someone that's professional and trained and someone that I was talking to this week that I've told all of you about, like they kind of was like, oh, it's great that you're in therapy because it's like you're working on your shit and that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I, again, I'm a pro-therapy person. Like before, yeah. it, it takes a lot of getting out of the mindset like, oh my gosh, this person's like getting in my head. And, I have another question, but that's like, I don't want to go too much into it because like we still have like what we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we can do it all. Yes, another yeah. episode. <laughs> it's like I but the reason why we have these two dope this millennial power couple here today. They're yes. adorable, guys. They're <laughs> so cute. Thank you. I went, like, like, I timed it perfectly because I didn't want them to think I was, like, taking too long to get from here, get to pick them up from the train station. And they, they were just, like, so New Yorker getting off the train. I'm like, damn. It just looked like New York. You can tell they <laughs> um, But we talking about non-monogamy among black millennial couples. Uh, and I think this is a great topic. Uh, it's something that I think in the last few years people have begun discussing more and more like is monogamy a thing that we should like put up on this pedestal Um, what about open relationships what about like polyamorous relationships what are the differences between these things Um, and actually this episode was suggested so see y'all if y'all suggest episodes we'll bring you on here by Kiana (laughs) Um, but it makes a good conversation it makes a good conversation I think it moves things forward in like our current moment um, and redefining what relationships can be like. Um, so yeah. yeah. I so, mean, I yeah. guess we can give some context about us as a couple. Yeah. Um, 
So That's we met. Me. Yeah, we met in college. Um, I don't remember exactly when. Like I, yeah, sometime during freshman year. Like we had a lot of mutual friends who lived in the same floor in the dorm. Um, but we didn't start dating until junior year of college, like November junior year. Um, and it was all cute and stuff. It was like, you know, standard dating, like monogamous. That's what I mean. Um, and then we stayed together over graduation. I went to graduate school. Darian started uh, working in the city as an engineer. Um, and so I think about, so how long has it been now since we've been, since we've transitioned? Since we graduated from college? No, no, or? no, to non-monogamy. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's been uh, a year? It was a little longer than that. No, it's been longer than that. It's oh, been um, like a year and a half. It's when you were in Argentina. Last year. Last time, yeah. So like May, no, that was like March of 2017. Okay. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, and that's when we kind of had this conversation of, um, is this something that we want to do? Because, like, you know, Kamani knows this. You have to travel a lot if you're doing a PhD in history. That's not the U.S. Um, and it's lonely. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard. And especially yeah, if you... So. And I don't have any family down, like, in Argentina or Uruguay. So when I'm down there, like, I've made some friends... But, you know, the you just want some companionship, like you want to go out with people. But I also knew that I didn't want to end my relationship, mm-hmm. right? And I had a friend, um, a very good friend now, who was currently, who was at the time, like, in a polyamorous relationship. So I would talk to her a lot about, like, different things that she was going through and, like, how it worked. Because I think the idea of a polyamorous relationship, it's never presented as, like, a normal thing mm-hmm. or, like, a way that a relationship could function, Right. Um, and I saw that, you know, she was in this relationship because of reasons outside of the stereotypes that people have about these types of arrangements, right? Like, she wasn't doing it because she just wanted to sleep with other people, mm-hmm. or she wasn't doing it um, because she wasn't interested in her primary partner and wanted to see other people. There were, you know, they had their own particular reasons. So I presented the idea to Darian of like, you know, let's try this. If it doesn't work, like, we'll stop. And keep moving. Um, and he was like, mm. <laughs> "Yeah, I was definitely very iffy Why? the first time, because I guess you know, I was. I guess I'm just more conservative in that sense because it was just like I don't understand how it's supposed to work. Like, is there something wrong with me? Like, why? Why do you feel the need to, you know, see other people? I think. I think it's the same kind of questions anyone that's probably been in a relationship and then this comes up may ask, and it just seems as though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds as though there's a problem with the relationship when that when that's brought up. Mm-hmm. Really well, I mean, it may not be. I don't know. Like when I was doing my research, I just mm-hmm. the main thing I seen is is communication. Like you have to communicate. Like if you don't communicate what you want, and you still want to be with this person, it's just like it's not going to work. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not going to work. No, absolutely. And I was just like. I was, for me, being in Argentina at that time, it was, like, also the first time in my life that I was getting, like, a lot of attention from guys. Like, it's just not something I was used to. And because Darren and I got together in college and we didn't really date a lot in college, like, we didn't have a lot of experience Mm -hmm. with other people. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I want to do this as a way of kind of, like, exploring myself and developing myself as a sexual person. But I also don't want to not be with you, and I mm-hmm. definitely don't want to cheat on you. So this mm-hmm. is something we need to talk about. Can you also talk about like your experience in Argentina? Because mm-hmm. you studied abroad there in college, mm-hmm. 
And I think that's important to understanding the context of why, not only why you do research there, but why it was so important for you to not be alone down mm-hmm. there. So Argentina, uh, yeah, the first time I went to Argentina was study abroad in spring of 2012. And I now know that the reason why I was so shook when I first got off the plane and saw so many white people <laughs> is because like I came in with like a very U.S centric idea of what Latin American people are supposed to look like. You know, they're all supposed to be kind of like brown to some degree with like a mix of indigenous and European and like African. But that's not how a lot of Argentines look. They are, they look very, very European. Um, and just being there as a black person, and I think it's definitely gotten, I don't know that it's gotten better over the past couple of years or if I've just gotten more used to what to expect. But when I first went there, I was not at all used to constantly being stared at, constantly like being treated as this exotic thing um, that people, and they're much more, at least people, porteños, people who live in Buenos Aires are like much more aggressive in terms of wanting to like touch your hair or like ask you questions about yourself. Um, And so not having a support system in terms of friends or like family members, you know, just made those feelings of social isolation caused by my race that much worse. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I felt like I needed some kind of companionship, um, which I started to get through dating, which was like a whole other not great thing. (laughs) But um, maybe that's a different episode. (laughs) (laughs) So how does it develop? So you had this conversation. Darren was kind of like, nah, I don't know. So what did it for you to make you open to it, Darren? Um, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, I think just the way I process situations, it's just like, um, take it one step at a time. So mm-hmm. take baby steps, see how it goes. If like things start making me feel uncomfortable, then be like, let's pull back. So I think by this time, I think by the time we agreed, um, I guess had you, I guess we're, that's when you started dating soon mm-hmm. after. Because he came that. to visit me in Argentina, mm-hmm. so that's right. when we had the conversation. Those pictures were great. Huh? Those pictures were great. Oh, the one well, you like the, yeah, yeah, when y'all were at like, the waterfall and stuff. Oh, that was this, when was that? I don't think it was that trip, because he's come no. multiple times to yeah. visit me. But. This is just how time. invested I am yeah. in them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like this yeah. whole meme of when like, you see a healthy, when you see a healthy relationship. And like there's these two people kiss, and I'm the person in the back. Like, oh my gosh! <laughs> Continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, where was I? Taking baby steps. You went to uh, baby steps. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, yeah. So I guess that's when I decided. Well, I guess if we're gonna start doing this, I'm gonna also try to see what mm-hmm. I can find myself. So I think I downloaded Tinder at the time to give that a shot and see see what's out there. And I guess you had done the same. Mm-hmm. Um, was this when we helped each other set up our <laughs> yes, <that's right. laughs> Is this like Tinder in Argentina? Yeah, there's Tinder in Argentina. Yeah. Um, was it? Did did uh, your friends come visit you that same? Jennifer, yeah. yeah. Jen came to visit. Right, um, right. Yeah. So I think they were probably helping you through that process mm-hmm. as well. Because I remember when I went on my first Tinder date, that's when you were actually talking to them mm-hmm. about it too. I'm just like giving them the play by play. So I think what definitely helps in this situation is, like you said, communication, but Kiana and I have been very explicit in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, what these relationships are like. So we go on a date, kind of explain what the date's like, what the, what the person is like, oh, okay. um, what we end up doing with that person, you know. Mm-hmm. These are all things we generally share about. Yeah. 
Um, so I think that is what kind of helped me, you know, um, deal with the situation a lot better. Because uh, I guess the, the fear is always jealousy, as anyone that goes into this kind of thing is like, what are you guys doing together? Or do you enjoy their company more than mine? So by her being so open about it and me being open with her, I think it minimizes that kind of, those kind of dark thoughts that might start appearing mm-hmm. when you try to do something like this. Yeah, and I also add too, like, um, the, I think different couples who practice non-monogamy have different, like, levels of transparency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are 100% transparent, like, yeah, uncomfortably transparent. <laughs> 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 like, and there's a reason for that, though, because part of it was, part of the motivation for even considering this in the first place was, like I said, we didn't have a lot of sexual experience mm-hmm. before each other. So the reason why we're explicit about the different things that we do to people is because we want to figure out what we like individually. And then when we come together, it makes our sex life better mm-hmm. because now we have you know these other experiences that we talked about with each other. So that's been really, really helpful. Um, but it also has been helpful for me, and I don't, I mean, you can speak on it if it's helpful for you. like. It's helped me work through a lot of internalized misogyny in terms mm. of being jealous of other women or like working past the need to be jealous of other women, right? Because I think, and that isn't to say that we don't get jealous, you know, that happens naturally. Like it's a, it's a human emotion that we experience. But um, I think it's, we always try to like find the root of the jealousy and understand that it's not a jealousy rooted in feeling threatened. Like I don't think I've ever felt threatened with like insofar as being like oh this person like daring will leave me for this other person it's more so like if i'm abroad and i really miss him and like this person's in my house mm-hmm. and they're like playing with my dog like these are all things that i want to be doing <laughs> so i, I get jealous because dog, of that. <laughs> um and so you know being able to locate the root of that but but again yeah just knowing that i don't need to compete with other women mm-hmm. in the way that I feel like society teaches women that we need to compete with each mm-hmm. other, especially for and you know, I said attention. that I said that uh, last week. I said, women, we always fight with each other. <laughs> Over <laughs> men. Always. And I'm like, why are we not fighting the men? Like, <laughs> yeah. But, um, so how do you, like, as someone that's dating for me, like, I actually like jealousy a little mm-hmm. bit. So it's really interesting. <laughs> like, I like, I want to be, be jealous for me. Like, but it's <laughs> like, yes, I'm Facts. talking to someone else. What do you want to do? Yeah. What are you going to do about this? Exactly. But it's interesting to hear you all talk about this and like, especially about why communication is so important in this relationship, but also trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does it, when you talk to these other people and you're upfront saying like, oh, I'm married, mm-hmm. um, where I was dating and get or engaged to get married, and this is not gonna move beyond that. How mm-hmm. have other people reacted to that? Um, it's a mixed bag, really. I mean, like on my Tinder profile, at least, I just say now, like I'm married and I, we're open and we live together, because for a while, like I wouldn't have it on my profile. People would like me. We start talking. Uh, we go on a date, and I'm like, okay, by the way. And they're like, mm. And I realize that's actually a shitty thing to do on my part because I'm wasting really? this person's time okay. at this point. Mm. So from the get-go, I'm like, look, this is my situation. Um, if you're okay with that, we can continue talking. But if not, like, I totally understand because a lot of people are not for it. You know, mm. they don't want to, even if they claim that they're not looking for anything serious, they still don't want to feel like they're second. And that's also um. something that I make very explicit always. I'm like, look, I'm married. 
So if you want to date me or like have a relationship with me, you need to accept the fact that you will always come in second. Like and 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 like I encourage you to see other people so you can find your first. Because <laughs> like, like, I can't do that for you. <laughs> like, that's I mean, that's pretty really open. Like you can't even complain with that. And I think that's fair. Yeah. And Darren yeah. is the same way because like with him. He's always just like, do I want to waste my forty dollars? Because he pays for the dates. What the? <laughs> I understand. That is another I episode. Okay, Darian, that I is another episode. Wait, 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 wait. I just like yes, that's another episode. But Darian, I affirm you. I, this like shit like. I talked to both of you about, about this. Yeah, I'm like, be like, oh I God. can't believe it. I paid for this shit. And like, does <laughs> she pay half at least? Like, oh my God. <laughs> no, and for me, like that is, but I think that's something to talk about because now that we're married and we have joint finances, like we've talked about, you know, what is an appropriate amount to spend on dates or to spend on other people, and like right. what is the limit. So if there are significant purchases that we want to make, insofar as doing something with someone else. Or spending money on someone else, we talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I pay for dates too because I feel like it's about reciprocity. It's mm. like I want to extend this gesture of like saying thank you for spending your time with me, um, which is why if I do it, I expect like reciprocity and somebody to do it for me yeah. too. But there is a gendered component to dating with the right. paying, and so Darian's just like, why? Well, and I told him, I'm like, when you match with people on Tinder. Before you schedule a date and before you spend our $40, <laughs> you should tell them your situation to see if they're okay with that or not. Because so otherwise, you've just wasted our money and you've wasted their time. So, do you have it on your profile? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's important that you brought up, you know, just how explicit you are with people uh, as to what your, your status is. Because I feel like when a lot of people think about, uh, being in relationships like this, the first thing that comes to mind, I would, I, I feel like I hear in the media a lot is like, if you're in an open relationship, this means that you guys either don't love each other or one of you trying to look for somebody else or somebody's gonna get hurt in the end because of secrets. And I'm like, again, that's why the amount of how explicit mm-hmm. we are and then also you being explicit with the people that, mm-hmm. both of us being explicit about the people we meet, I think it helps minimize those sorts of situations. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And um, I think back on the topic as to what we, you mentioned like what you learned about yourself, so mm-hmm. internal misogyny. I think for me, one thing that I learned about is, I guess what it means to be, uh, what masculinity is in terms of, of relationships. And so I think one of the, the biggest things that will come up when you bring this kind of situation up, especially with guys who are more, I'm gonna say right wing or trash. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard of the term. Yes, yes. Dead. So uh, I'm in my coffin right now. I'm deceased. Deceased. Like rotting. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this weird idea that like the, like the woman that you're dating is almost like a possession. So mm. like the idea that you are going around being used by another man Hello. is like already just causes a bunch of problems. This mm-hmm. is why I'm supposed to like go find this nigga and start fighting him <laughs> in the street. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. Like it's just the way I view this relationship, I don't have time to like micromanage what mm-hmm. Kiana is doing. That doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. And and she shouldn't do the same for me. Mm-hmm. So I think it's to to kind of redefine what our roles in this relationship is and what that looks like. 
um, really takes time to do. And there's a lot of things in our culture, I think, that prevents a lot of guys from thinking that way. What, I think like, one of the things that come up a lot is the term, like, cuckold, if you've probably heard that in, oh, like, the media a lot. Right. So, like, the idea of, like, you know. You're a cuck. Yes. As in, like, somebody is, like, sleeping with your wife, and you're just, like, sitting I'm there sitting unknowing. There. Either you don't know or you do know it's happening. And, and you're just like, not caring. And you're, you don't and care. you're less of a man. You're just less of a man. Exactly. Yeah, so what does that look like? This whole, we've talked about gender roles mm-hmm. on this yeah. thing and like gender norms and we're, like it's something that's always going to come up. But what right. does that feel like? Because like you said, mm-hmm. when you, when she brought up this idea, when Kiana brought up this idea about mm-hmm. like um, opening it up a little bit, seeing other people. Right. Um, because again, like for people that do not research and I really want to affirm Kiana on this, like mm-hmm. when you go abroad and you're doing, especially archival, re- I don't know, oh, yes. but like re- it's... It's life-sucking. <laughs> it's life Literally, mm-hmm. it's, for me, it's like I wake up, I go to the gym, I go to the archive, I come home, I watch Netflix. Every yes! day for three months. <laughs> With some days, you don't even talk to people except for the archivist, mm-hmm. and they're usually mean and just <laughs> like... Right? Meanwhile, then, I'm still in New York. I still have my friends, so I mean, right. it's, it's like, different. So. so when I was in London, I don't know if I'm going to spoil everything about the London situation right now, but there was some shit going on, as I've mentioned several times before. And I was just doing dealing with that shit and going to the archive and being away from my family and friends and never getting the chance to make it. So like hearing like Kiana, you mentioned like you talked to Darren about this and this was a way for you to kind of I don't know if cope is the right word. Yeah, but like, cope. Like sometimes because the thing is sometimes you just want to go out, right. right? You don't want to be by yourself. And I'm just like I just want some conversation, even if it's not the greatest conversation. Mm-hmm. Like to be with somebody else talking about things. Right. And, drinking or eating something yeah because i i went on went on speed dates in london mm-hmm. i don't want this video to run me but it was still like better like getting out and mm-hmm. talking to other people yeah so hearing you guys talk about like hearing specifically you kiana talk about like why this was important to you and hearing more about like because we know each other mm-hmm. like the interactions you have with these different people that you met while you were down there recently mm-hmm. it was really affirming to think about like okay this is how you can go about being a researcher abroad while you're away from your loved ones, away mm-hmm. from your spouse, significant other, and like cope with that. Yeah. So, one question I did want to ask. Um, so we talked. Well, like Kiana, you were really interested. In, is there first? Is there anything else you want to add before I ask my next question? I got like two um, questions too. You can ask your questions. No, no. Oh no! What? Go ahead. Because I feel like my questions is like more like a towards the end kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is there anything else you want to add? So about representation, mm-hmm. like Darren, you already mentioned like how our culture kind of, I don't know what you mean by our culture, like American culture, Western culture, black I think culture, patriarchy, patriarchy in general. In general. Yeah. So. so patriarchal, like just the world culture mm. <laughs> <laughs> and accepting that mm. suppose women are supposed to be submissive and dominated mm-hmm. by men. How much does representation play a role in this and or the lack thereof? And what would you like to see as a couple that has been doing this for about... Oh, like in the media? Media, okay. in conversation, mm-hmm. or and moving forward. Like, how do we start to represent and include these yeah. narratives? It's kind of hard because I seen something um, the other day and everybody in the comments was like, oh, I won't do that. That's just cheating. Oh, the woman would allow anything. And I'm just like, mm. and when I did my research and did everything, I'm like, it's really just communication. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, th- I thought, I was actually really excited when Insecure started the Dro Molly 
storyline because up until that point, like I watch Insecure because it's my like as a black woman in the U.S. in 2018, I have to support Issa Rae. Even if I don't like anything that she does, I'm like, I still have to, like, I still have to, like, there's, I support a, moral, everyone there's black. a moral obligation for me to tune in. Even if I'm not watching it, I'll mute it, do something else. You got, you got my view. Because get her the just, rating, okay? That's just where we are. Because you see why I love never, Okay, get her the rating. Because I do the same yeah, thing. I've never, like, identified with um, the characters. But then when they, um, intru- except Tiffany, but the <laughs> <laughs> exposed, okay. Anyway. Yana's a Virgo. <laughs> yes, I'm a Virgo. <laughs> this is a lot. Of- I mean, Tiffany can be really annoying, but sometimes she's like the mirror that they need because she, anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they identify with the characters, and then they had this open marriage introduced. And I was like, oh, wow, this is something that, you know, me and Darian are currently working through. I wonder how they're represented. And it was a complete failure. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, a complete failure insofar as, like, one, Molly is, like, our red flag. Like, we would never get involved with anyone like Molly. Because part mm-hmm. of practicing... I wouldn't want to meet someone like Molly. Yeah, I mean, like, even, <laughs> even if I wasn't practicing non-monogamy, I still wouldn't get involved with her. Mm-hmm. But as someone practicing non-monogamy, like, part of the ethics of it is one being transparent with your partner and the other partners that you have. But I think it's also doing your own due diligence to make sure the people you do get involved with can handle the situation. Like they're effective communicators. They know that, you know, if you are in a hierarchical situation, cause some people aren't, but if you are that they know where they are in the hierarchy so that they can temper their expectations around your right. time and your energy. Molly enters this relationship not at all prepared for the fact that this nigga got a wife. Like, that is his wife. And so she would get jealous when when she, um, the wife calls or he has to go. And I'm just like, Molly, this is not a conventional relationship and you're not at all prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think Dro didn't do his due diligence mm-hmm. and like making it explicit to her like this is what the situation is. One of my friends told me about a conspiracy theory that they think that Dro's actually just lying, that they're not a few people believe that. I do too because on the one hand, the other thing I didn't like was the fact that you don't get it, like Candace Joe's wife, mm-hmm. like you don't see her at all. Mm-hmm. Like she shows up maybe twice. twice yeah. She doesn't have any speaking lines and so you don't know at all like what their dynamic is like. Mm. And also she is so unbothered by Molly, which I love cuz I would also be unbothered <laughs> like, you know. But it seems like she just doesn't know what's going on also. And so I I also think that he's lying. Um, But I wish that they had had more backstory about, you know, their relationship, about how they navigate their non-monogamy. Because I think that what Insecure has done is just reaffirmed all of the fears and stereotypes that Mm. black people have about monogamy Mm. in the storyline, right? And so... I was like, damn, y'all dropped the ball on this one because it really could have been really interesting and it just it just wasn't. What do you think? Maybe we're not there yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People. What do you think, Daria? What are your opinions? Honestly, I don't have much to add on top of that, unfortunately. I think I think what Kiana said really makes sense. There there's basically zero, I feel like, representations of this and then mm-hmm. you finally get one and it's kinda mm-hmm. falls below expectations. I think definitely seeing what Dro's wife's uh perspective was on all of this would have been even if like the situation was the same I think at least getting to see how she so if there was like a conversation between Candace and Molly and that would just infinitely oh yeah it's fine at least help you know yeah 
So, so like show it's something that's possible and has, like people have, can be healthy in this. Have kind of either thing. of you met a person in like your exploration of non-monogamy that's like a Molly that gets like super I don't know how to describe how would you describe her? Like possessive, possessive and demanding. Yeah, I didn't see someone like that and I was just like No. She made a face. Like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um yeah, because I think it's hard for people to like again, this is not we don't have a lot of models for this. Like we have cultural models of what monogamy looks like. Um, and how the script is supposed to go. And you don't necessarily have that if you're in a non-monogamous relationship. And so the reason why communication is so important is because you're constantly like trying to be dynamic and trying to figure out what works particularly for you mm-hmm. and your situation, which might not be the same for another you know, non-monogamous couple mm-hmm. um, or even the, like the partners that you have. And it's also important because I think it's also like communication is important because and this is going back to like what I learned that I should have mentioned earlier. The jealousy aspect um, is really, it forces people to confront things about themselves that I don't think people mm-hmm. really want to think about, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, in terms of thinking about your potential shortcomings um, or ways that you could be a better partner. People don't want to... Reckon with that. Yeah, you know, but I think that's mm-hmm. healthy. That makes a good relationship because you know that you can constantly be better for your partner um, and also, you know, communicate that effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I wish we had more representations. Of, maybe we should just start a reality show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The nurses. Yeah. The nurses. <laughs> yeah. A non-monogamous um, couple in Brooklyn with their dog. I'm going to ask my questions now. Um, when it comes to like being with different partners, do sexual health comes into play? Do you think about mm-hmm. that? Is that something that like, because... At this year is like the highest that uh, sexual transmitted diseases mm-hmm. infections has been ever. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. So it's just like, you know, have you ever Rapid thought about that? Mm-hmm. Is that something that like is considered in a relationship as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? Or? I mean, go ahead. You start. Uh, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am both on birth control and we also, you know, have, we use protection with the people that we're with Mm -hmm. Uh, we have recently started talking about what it would look like if we didn't um if we are with people for a while that we kind of want to explore that with and like being able to provide documentation on both ends so like if i'm interested in you know having unprotected sex with someone i need to see documentation that Mm. they've gone to get their sti screening within the past few weeks to get a green light and they have to get the same thing for me um like the past few weeks yeah yeah Yeah. so i mean that's definitely always a concern so Mm -hmm. i mean i feel like a i think we both get tested fairly regularly for one Mm -hmm. and of course always using protection um so yeah i i think that's that's definitely a concern so we definitely take it seriously especially if someone new like like, Mm -hmm. it's always like yeah and i think once we start to see someone more regularly we can begin to explore yeah i was talking to someone options well Mm -hmm. as someone that's dating around i was talking to someone Mm -hmm. recently i'm like oh i'm on this and i'm like doing this to protect myself and they're like Mm -hmm. oh wow really you and i'm like yeah i don't know who i'm gonna end up like what if Mm -hmm. i feel someone and like 
we end up having like sex or something like that and i just want to make sure like i'm secure mm-hmm. right. and not have to worry about the aftermath of like oh my gosh yeah. now i gotta do this and do that and like my <laughs> life is changed forever <laughs> um but like yeah besides also getting re- regularly tested that's something that's really important mm-hmm. so get tested y'all yeah, um, mm-hmm. and like yeah, no, use protection. Don't play no games, don't yo. Play, no, Especially when you like because the re- <laughs> side note, the recent situation I was in, yeah, with yeah, y'all, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Um, <laughs> well, that's all. <laughs> now that I've had some alcohol in my system, I'm gonna talk about that. Right. But that's all. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask, like, the whole, like, I guess reason of having like a, a open like or a non a non monogamous relationship was that you wanted to explore sexually with other people and mm-hmm. see like how that goes. So what if there was like a change in the relationship saying like, you know, I'm I'm tired. Not mm-hmm. tired, but like, you know, I feel like I had enough experience in that mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. to where you don't want to do it no more and let's say the other partner didn't, you know, mm-hmm. feel that way. Like, how do you think that would be, like, a big change? Do you think it would be a problem or, it, you know, yeah. Do you want to? I mean, I think, again, I think that would definitely come under the communication part. So it's like, mm-hmm. I think if one of us wants to stop this, it just kind of has to, you have to work it out and reach that point. Yeah. And I don't see how we could, one of us could do this, maybe the other one <laughs> right. doesn't, yeah. you know? Yeah. Unless we agree to have that situation, but... Yeah, I think this is something we also talked about. Maybe if we start having children, this might be mm, the yeah, kind of discussion yeah. we might have. I mean, we, yeah, we've agreed that once we decide to, to, to have, well, once we decide to have children, um, that we'll take a break at mm-hmm. the very least because I won't be on birth control anymore. So mm-hmm. the risk of, you know, getting pregnant by somebody else, which, like, no, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> don't want to do. Uh, so that's it. But I think also like even this summer, I mean, I didn't intentionally take a break, but I just was like, I just, I was, I didn't want to. Just wanna, wasn't in the mood for yeah, that. Yeah, I, like, I just wasn't in the mood, but he was still seeing people and I was just like, you know, that's fine. Is that um, because you were getting, in your mind, well, I don't know, is it because you were getting married? Yeah, I mean, it was because of that, just because there was like a lot of stuff to mm-hmm. do. I just had a lot of stuff going on over the summer. So I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to actively seek anything out. Um, and I didn't. I didn't really see anyone start seeing people again until like the end of the summer. So, yeah, and that w- that was fine. Like, but yeah, I think the. I don't know how sustainable it would be if both of if like one of us wanted to keep doing it and the other one was like, no, yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> That's where we would have to have a conversation of like to get at the root of like why each of us wants to go in these different yeah. directions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have what? I feel like this can go on for a while but yeah because wanna... it's just so much different like and you i think know, with, aspects of like hit. the reason why when you suggested this i was so excited because mm-hmm. we don't talk about it like yeah. you were saying mm-hmm. like a lot especially for like black people mm-hmm. like yeah. barely white like maybe <laughs> mainstream talk i about found it. like maybe I mean, like two black people on youtube that actually talked about the experience <laughs> with yeah. this and i'm right. just like <laughs> so i thought that, like this is really great because we're forcing people to contend with this this is something mm-hmm. and you guys yeah. and as someone that has known like, I haven't known y'all since, like, college, mm-hmm. um, but have known you for about four years. Like, known Kiana for four years, known you about for about four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I started inviting me to y'all places. <laughs> uh, they have throw really good dinner parties. Like, <laughs> like black bougie. Power <laughs> oh, God, if I black bougie. It was like, 
I'm just like, so they, wait, wait, sidebar. Like, they, when I came back from London, they were like, like, oh, you should come over. We're having, like, this party. And I was like, and it was just so amazing. Awesome. So, they, like, yeah. The Christmas uh, dinner. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Okay. Oh and, like, Keanu's like, you should go to this place and buy macaroons mm-hmm. in France called La Durée. And I was oh, like. Amazing. <laughs> it was like, because my living situation in London. Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah. but. Side note, so what would suggestions would you have since you guys are really on the like avant garde with this? It sounds like hard to it's terrible that we have to say that, but like you guys really are, especially for like mm-hmm. black millennials. So what would you say for people that might be interested in this, thinking about it? Um and not in this like sort of because a lot of times people jokingly you see the memes like, Oh, so what if a guy has like two girls or something like that? Mm-hmm. Or, oh, but like girls like so people that are it, actually interested in mm-hmm. thinking about non-monogamy as black people or as other people other they're not really important yeah. like what would you say to them i would say a couple of things one mm. i actually don't think we're on the avant-garde with this oh. i think my introduction to non-monogamy was through other black women in my life who have been doing it for a while um i just don't think it gets a lot of representation right. as mm-hmm. we're talking about um and you know there are i mean i don't think they're written by black people but like you can buy a lot of books on like ethical non-monogamy and and read about different practices and stuff like that. Um, I would say anyone who's interested in cons- in like considering it is to one. I think the fact that we can do this is a testament of how well we communicate and how mm. strong our relationship is. So if you already have trouble communicating with your partner, you probably should work on that first <laughs> before you enter into the the non monogamy uh, situation. And also be very like critical and honest with yourself about why you want to do it if you find that the answer is like you literally just want to have sex with other people which is not necessarily a bad thing but like and it's not attached to trying to like figure things out about yourself to enrich your relationship if it's really you want to sleep around maybe you should just be single and date like Mm. that would be a much more efficient way of going about it because like i said you do have to do a lot of self-reflection a lot of talking when you you know do this or at least that's how that's what we do when we go out with other people and then lastly for younger black people i would say like ignore what older black people have to say about relationships <laughs> listen because how many of them are functional relationships that that's are not, a whole other episode right? again. Exactly. How many? because part of the reason why i mean we have like explicitly can i just add a, go uh, ahead if you come from a Caribbean background, well, hello. you know who you hello. are. You know hello. how many kids your daddy has. Got Darius got so in I just watched Slane. Slane. <laughs> Slane. Just put it Yeah, I would say, like, just note the hypocrisies, right, of, like, these older black people being in these really toxic, like, not functional relationships. And then, you know, when they're confronted with the idea of mm-hmm. not being like, that's not going to work, like... You know, we always joke around about certain members of our family if they were to find out. And I hope they listen to this podcast so they can be more educated mm-hmm. about it. They'd be like, that's disrespectful to your husband, blah, blah, blah. And I'm yes, like, yeah. well, you know, you could be, once you once you yourself get into a functional relationship for a couple of years, <laughs> then you could come back to me and try to tell me Shame. about my relationship. Because, you know, the nurses are good. Like, we're good over here. I guess here. your drink. Okay? <laughs> you know? Like, we are absolutely good over here. And I think, too, 
again, like the communications, like because we have to be so on top of the communication because of, you know, the non-monogamy, it makes communication on other parts of our relationship work too. It's like a skill that we're constantly mm-hmm. exercising and perfecting. And so, yeah, I would say ignore older black people because they often give you really crappy advice about what men are supposed to be like in their relationships, mm-hmm. what women are supposed to be like in their relationships. I can't tell you how many like cards we got, which we're appreciative for for our wedding, being like, make sure you and your husband, the only person that should be in your relationship is God. And I'm like, do y'all know us? We are atheists. <laughs> <laughs> like, y'all clearly don't know us. Obviously. And the gag is, you know, <laughs> like, the gag is there about three or four other people in this relationship. <laughs> yeah, you're not a believer shit anyways. <laughs> like, well, actually... Um, Jesus. And so, yeah, and I think, you know, it for us, it's like, you know, I'm always just like, who going to check us? Like, mm-hmm. we're married. We're happily married. We've been together now. Well, it'll be six years next month. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. and we are living and thriving and doing this and learning a lot about ourselves and about each other and becoming, like, very critical, self-actualized people as a result and being able to talk to through things, which black people, like, in terms of mental health, like, mm-hmm. don't know how to do. So that's why I'm just like, ignore what your mama got to say. Ignore what your daddy got to say about this kind of, of um, arrangement. What would you say? Yeah. Again, I feel like you hit all the major points. <laughs> yeah. But what do you have I to will say? say, I mean, I think, again, educate yourself about this kind of situation, mm-hmm. you know. Unfortunately, again, there's not a lot in the media right now as to what this even looks like. But... There are people that probably on YouTube, you know, that have experienced this. Mm-hmm. I remember showing you that Vox video about mm-hmm. non-monogamy. They have a really good little documentary of thing yeah. of it. So, like, where it comes from, why it even exists in our culture. Right. And now in the year 2018. Right? <laughs> Wait, what you want to explain that? Because capitalism, like, yeah. a very quick sort of like, thing of, like, the institution of marriage. marriage and, like, yeah, why they do this, yeah. A, mm-hmm. it, it's... For property, like mm-hmm. it's for you to pass on property, mm-hmm. and like monogamy is a surefire way for men to know that the the children that they produce are actually you know their children biologically, and that's why, you know, that's why we have that institution. So that's another thing too. Like, don't think that monogamy is like the right way or like the natural way of doing things. This is just what we've all decided and agreed on socially. But that doesn't mean you can't do other things. Right. I think one very good line from that video was like someone. A guy who was uh, non-monogamous was asked by someone, how can you do that to your person? I'm committed to my my partner. I would never do such a thing, even though that person had, like, three divorces prior. And he's like, mm-hmm. it seems as though you're committed to the idea of monogamy mm-hmm. and not necessarily the person themselves. Mm-hmm. So really untying what yeah. it means mm-hmm. to be. And that person you know. had been married for, like, 24 years. I mean, well, and I feel like... for a lot of it. I yeah. just feel like, like, in my experience, I don't know if I could do something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like jealousy or anything like that because i i feel like i've been in like a long distance relationship although they're in another state Mm -hmm. it's still a distance to even get to see each other and it's just like well he did stuff that i didn't know Mm -hmm. and i did stuff that he ended up finding out but i didn't find out until like after did how did y'all feel when y'all found out that that i mean we was upset but it was just like so if you were in i feel like a a lot of it was just really miscommunication because Mm -hmm. You did things that I didn't know. Like, so if I like, knew, I probably would have felt better. So you know her? Huh? You, you know her? Oh, it's people. No, the artist, her. Yeah. And she has a song called Two. Oh, well, I'm not sure. Is but, that like, new? it's basically about her, like, saying, like, oh, you were cheating and I was cheating, too. 
Yeah, but, but it's like, just like which, I'm asking, if we communicated that, it probably would have been better. So, mm-hmm. so if you had communicated from the mid, like the beginning, like okay, we're in a relationship, but, but like, we well, can the see thing other is, people. in the beginning, we was like, it was just us. Just it wasn't us. thinking. We wasn't thinking about. So if he had come there. to you and said like, oh, I want to stay in a relationship with you, but open it up to talk to other people, what would you have said? Or what, how did you think it would have, you would have reacted based on how oh. you've been raised? Well, I think it will probably depends on the feels I had at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, so if I was feeling like, well, I just want to be with you and you want to do something else, I'll probably be upset. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it turns out like we was both doing our thing. And like once I was looking at, you know, the whole open relationship and doing my own research, I think maybe if we both had communicated what we wanted, like I try to communicate, but I don't think I was clear on mm-hmm. exactly what I wanted. I think I kind of went around mm. saying what I wanted to do. But, um, yeah. It, like, <laughs> so when I'm, when you told me, and like, when you told me like about your relationship, I was like, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> like, I never really thought of it because I'm Jamaican. As <laughs> all the yes. um, and very super Christian and like monogamy, marriage, traditional everything. Um, so when I heard it, I was like, I've heard about that. Like, but I'm like, hmm. And then, like, you explain and you're, like, so passionate about it. I'm like, actually, that makes a lot of sense. Like, a lot of sense. Like, it's not like you're out here going behind each other's back or doing each other, like, or, like, people go behind each other's back and do this stuff. It's, like, very open, clear-cut, like, this is my husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, um, significant other and we're in an open I don't know like so oh that's the question I wanted to ask mm-hmm. so you use non-monogamy versus like polyamorous or open relationship is there a reason for that yeah I mean I think non-monogamy is a general category and okay. then open and poly is like within that okay. so if and this is again just my definition of what I've worked out both in terms of like reading things but also figuring out like what kinds of relationships I have with people so open relationships are just kind of where, you know, you have your primary partner, you can casually see other people, you have sex with these other people. Uh, polyamory is more so when you have, you know, re- like relationships, relationships with other people. So that's the mm. difference between, you know, me just going out on dates with guys versus like I have a whole other boyfriend mm. that I, you know, am emotionally invested in and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and like I've dated people consistently for like months at a time but i've still never been able to like be like i want you to be my boyfriend um i mean that's something that we are considering if that's something that we want to do um but yeah we're not necessarily opposed to like being polyamorous right now mm-hmm. um i don't i just don't think i've i don't i don't think i was in a place where i could have sustained another relationship when the opportunity presented itself right um and and so I think things might be different now. We'll see what. Ask me again in a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, like I like you know, I suggested that you know things change and you know it's life. Like, mm-hmm. and I think because the way you two talk so explicitly with each other, like carrying that, like that's really important. Like I think mm-hmm. the minute you try to like, okay, yeah, I'm talking to someone, but like I don't know, or like try to hide something, mm-hmm. it gets like. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And one of the things that like we've started doing uh, is that whenever, like when we meet someone new, I always encourage us. I'm like to be explicit about the extent to which we like people because mm-hmm. 
you have that jealousy, right? And you don't want to, I don't want to go to Darren and be like, yo, I met this dude, like, he's really amazing. Like, I'm really infatuated with this person because you don't, you think you're going to make the other person feel bad. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, no, we need to be really honest about Mm -hmm. how we feel about other people and, like, really think through that for some other reasons. Um, But also just being, you know, explicit and transparent about what is exactly what's going on and not really downplaying you know, the feelings that we have for other people. Um, so, yeah, like, I'm seeing this guy now and I keep talking to Darian about, and it's, it's also nice, too, because I get to talk to my husband about boys. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever yeah. met other people that, like, in a similar relationship, with, like, a situation with, like, you guys? Yeah, the guy I'm seeing yeah. now is also okay. in a polyamorous relationship and has a primary partner, which works out really, really great. Because right. mm-hmm. a lot of this Cause is, it's pretty much understandable on both ends. Exactly. And it's communication that works, but it's also scheduling. Time mm-hmm. management is, like, really, really important. Imagine. And so being with, like, seeing someone who's in a comparable situation um, and knowing that they have a primary partner and that, like, when they make plans with their primary partner, like, I can't expect them to cancel or, like, you know, rearrange things for me mm-hmm. and vice versa. And so, so yeah, that's been fine. I mean, we've also met people that we're seeing. So, like, I was seeing someone, Darian met the person, and they came to our house for dinner. Like, we, all, we hung out with the three of us. It was really nice. So, it doesn't have to be, like, weird. Weird. And just yeah. so people, like, know we're not, like, bullshitting. Exactly, like, right? Just like, so they know we're not Like, gross, I mean, like, can I have sex? Like, we still <laughs> do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, um... Like, even this morning, that conversation we had, like, I don't know how explicit we should be. I said you could be explicit if you want <laughs> I to mean, be. Like, I don't really we, so, Listen, we hey, are we like, is sex positive. Oh, right. Okay. I, you can right, go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. So, yeah. I mean, remember this morning, so I was, like, trying to, you know, get some this morning. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but, but we were, like, coming here this morning, so. Mm-hmm. They really, I guess, fit in. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But she was like, Same. but she was like, you know what? Same. <laughs> Wait, but like the person I was, it was almost a dark alley. I'm not. No, okay, continue, 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 continue. I, like, okay. I understand. Okay, okay, okay yeah. But then she was like, you know what? It's fine because she, she's like, I'm about to get some tonight anyway. And I was like, oh. Really? I was like, so you're on your rotation. I was like, well, you know what? I can go on my rotation too. So that that is what honesty looks like. So make sure you change the sheets afterwards. Oh shit! I mean, you can't you can't get mad at it. I I love it. I I love it. I love it so much. Oh, this is amazing. I know. I tried this morning, but I'm just like, it's not gonna work. I'll see you later. We're not going to make this go on forever. But what we normally do is have recommendations um, at the end of the episode. So do you need a minute to think? And this could be anything. Recommendations for? Our listeners. Books. Oh, just. Things to do. Advice. advice, More advice that's different. Hmm. Well, I have a recommendation. I think I recommended this to you already. Um, So Darian and I are trying to. Like, a couple years ago, we started doing this thing called Book Club with Bay, where we would 
pick like I would pick a book one month he would pick a book the next month and we would read the book together mm-hmm. and like talk about it and so we're bringing it back and I'm reading this collection of short stories called How to Love a Jamaican. Yeah. <laughs> it is so good. Like, I've read the first story and I'm reading the um, second one. It's called How to Love a Jamaican by Alexia Arthurs. And I just picked this book up at the Strand because a few people who endorse it on the back, like other writers, I really, really like. And it's, yeah, it's just amazing. Um, and I mean, I'm not Jamaican, so I guess I can't like appreciate it in that way but I'm around a lot of Jamaicans <laughs> and so yeah we all live yeah and also just like the similarities mm-hmm. um with Guyanese culture like and just like you know being an immigrant in the U.S. and like so yeah I recommend it because it's funny it's very well written um and you know they're short stories too so if you're someone mm-hmm. who can't like get through a novel because you get bored like it's good because these are like 20 page mm-hmm. short stories mm-hmm. so I recommend that I affirm that. Like, I read the first one. I'm like, I feel attacked. Just, just as a, as a, for your listeners, the first story is called Light Skin Girls and Kelly Rowland. <laughs> wow. It is really good. It's I was like, black damn. Book. It's a black book. Yeah. Um, yeah, recommendation. Do you need a second? Um, you know, I'll just say whatever. Again, I, if regarding polyamorous relationships, I would again begin with that Vox video I mentioned earlier. Um, I think it's probably like a 40 minute thing actually. Mm-hmm. But but either way, I think it really gives people that aren't introduced to this topic at all a, a pretty good gateway into, into what that looks like. Provides a little history, provides you know how people that are currently living that way are dealing with it. Um, in terms of like relationships, I think one of the things that Kiana and I do that I enjoy is just Especially when you're in, when you start doing this kind of thing, you spend time with other people, taking time to enjoy one another. So if we go on like mm-hmm. specific dates or do things together, like we actually cut out time for for one another. Yeah. I think it's you know always very helpful. We have a cute night picnic that. at Brooklyn Bridge Park. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> like, listen, I'm, I'm telling you. To do the same like thing. I just be looking at them like <laughs> I was with Xavier at brunch last Saturday, and him and his boyfriend were like kissing and stuff, and I was just like. Oh we need to find Kamani. We got to put Kamani on The Bachelor or something. Because <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Off air conversation. Well, I will watch every episode. We got to put Kamani on The Bachelor. Off air conversation. You weren't here Kamani for like the needs, previous. Kamani needs like cute things happening. Right <laughs> I've been like out there. I feel like it's a difference when you have like that partner. And I'm not trying to like, you know, downplay you or anything. But it's just like once you have that person that... Like, you know, like, the things they like. Mm-hmm. You know the things that, you know, they know the things you like. And I'll do together. I'm going to tell you about it's what happened amazing. on Thursday. All right. Well, you know, that's yeah. all fair. All fair, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last thing I would say is uh, just introspection. So, mm-hmm. we talked about therapy earlier today. I'm not in therapy, to be honest, but um, at least at work, I do... We do like a little meditation thing throughout mm. the day, which I find helpful. Just taking the time to really understand how you think about things mm-hmm. and where your anxieties may come from, All I right. think always help. Not even just in this kind of situation, but literally anything. So, y'all, think about your mental health. Black people don't need it. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like I don't have a recommendation, but I feel like I'm an ex. I recommend it addition of you guys mm-hmm. because um my two-year anniversary with my boyfriend is coming up and i'm trying to find a gift yeah. <laughs> okay 
I'm like, I consider getting him like a headphones because he talked about it before. Like, yeah, you know, I need some headphones. Like, mm-hmm. walking down, going to work type thing. I'm like, okay, or like a watch. But I'm trying to get a little more personal, get like, mm-hmm. you know, a picture of us, then the back, like, write like a little poem or mm-hmm. a little, you know, thing about like what mm-hmm. I love about you kind mm-hmm. of thing. Well, we could talk about that because Darian's, well, he's in tech, so he knows about all of <laughs> Overly fancy he does. watches. Isn't there like a conference? Yeah, because I keep looking at your watch and I'm like, oh, that's the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Darian was why I decided to get started getting smartwatches. I was like, is that a smartwatch? Yeah, I remember. Oh, I'm like, oh my gosh, someone else that doesn't think it's ridiculous. Because <laughs> every time Kamani would ask, he's like, should I buy this smartwatch? And I'm like, no, just like get a regular watch. And then he saw Darian with me, and he's like, I'm getting one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Do you have anything um, quick to say about that? Um, Lord. Um, I mean, or are you gonna go into like the, like there are like these fifty categories? I know. <laughs> yeah. There really is. Like headphone shopping is, I would it's, say, it's pretty annoying. But yeah, the ones annoying. I'm using are these. The the one that Kiana also has is, are these Bose headphones. I worked with them at iHeartRadio. They have the Google Assistant built in there. He would definitely oh love it because he uses it all the so time. Yeah, I don't if you, if you Google both headphones, Google Assistant, it'll probably be the first thing that pops up. So you can press it. You oh my God. Voice, no, I need these. And you say, like, all right, what, what's the time? Or what's my notification? She'll tell you. Oh my God. In your ears right them. there. Or if you want to play a song, just ask for it. Just okay, but what's the price range? <laughs> I, was checking, I was about to check this before we left. Um, I, I think it's less than two hundred dollars, so I don't know if that's. But the well, they or not. they won't that break. That was like at fifty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you gotta go find good, good like just good Bluetooth. Quiet <laughs> comfort. Most quiet comfort. We'll Most figure this out. Yeah. We'll f- mm-hmm. okay. But he would definitely like something like that, probably in the future. But not, <laughs> not, not now. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, it. Oh my god. Oh lord, that's much more than I thought. Evidence of what Darian does. <laughs> to be fair, I got those headphones for free. So. <laughs> Evidence <laughs> of what Darian does and yeah. the benefits of his job. Seriously, I heard becoming those headphones. Oh, I'm God. like, damn. I looked up. I'm like, Is, are these what he's talking about? I don't know if I can afford that. Oh my God. Like, that's my car payment. Oh, that's another the thing. The car I don't drive. to be like in Brooklyn for um, oh, my anniversary. Man. So that's like another thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, we could give you some recommendations of spots. Because it was like, just like, a, um, it was an Airbnb that I saw that was like, um, they said it was like a few minutes walk mm-hmm. to the uh, ocean, like the beach. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay, that'd be real cute. We just walk down. And I'll run a car, he get the uh, Airbnb, and like we do something like that. I don't think New Yorkers realize, like New York is a thing for even North Jersey people, mm-hmm. especially Brooklyn. Yeah. It's like a trek. Yeah. As y'all like, see coming like, to reverse. I'm a, like, I'm a driving person. Like, I Are you a dri- drive? Say driving to Brooklyn's easier yeah. than taking the train. Like, it's 45 minutes. Oh my I god, it was this app that I downloaded. They had like a Maserati for like one something a day. <laughs> I was just like, oh, can I drive to New York? In a Maserati? <laughs> and a Maserati. <laughs> so for me, my recommendations are first, Mario. Like, I was thinking about him this week, the singer, the artist. Mm-hmm. I saw that video. I didn't ask you to get to listen to it, but. Like, well, I, didn't listen, I didn't watch the entire video, oh. but like, <laughs> I was like, I was thinking about Mario this week, and this came out. <laughs> he has, I was like, where is his music? Because he hadn't had like an album in a while, mm-hmm. and he has a new album called Danzig Shadows, and I listened to it last night in preparation for this episode. I'm like, this is really good. Like, it's good R&B, like mm-hmm. R&B, R&B, no R-O-2, nothing, no features, just like good singing, good quality. 
he hasn't done anything that we know of that's problematic. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to recommend Mario Dancing Shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. It's really good. I hope he gets some awards for it if nothing comes out. Um, but yeah. But second thing I want to recommend, it's actually a comic book. I know you guys have been reading Mantra, Monstrous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like we went, to, we were talking about Comic-Con before we started recording and like how weird it was this year. And like mm-hmm. They put all the diversity talk in a separate location right. across town. <laughs> Not that important, but like we understand black people and people of color might want this. <laughs> and then, oh, this might be good. The episode might be too long. So, yeah, Marjorie Lou, who wrote Monstress, gave the keynote and she was like, Yeah, I wrote this comic because like I never saw a lot of Asian representation, mm-hmm. like good Asian representation in comics. My work is anti Orientalist, it's Asian as fuck. And I was like, yes, Marjorie, we affirm you. The next panel immediately after was about curriculum design using her book. So I'm thinking, oh, she's going to stick around and talk mm-hmm. to us about how we can incorporate this in the classroom. Tell me why. Panel was led by two white folks mm-hmm. trying oh to tell us how to teach this book. And I'm, looking, I'm just like, this was a bait and oh, switch. No. Y'all, a whole lie. Oh, a whole no. lie. So, yeah. Like, yeah. this was my first year going to Comic-Con. I, was te- I wasn't teaching. But I was oh, the lecture. one in New York? Yeah. I went um, to the one in Newark. Okay. Pretty cool. This one it was pretty big. Um, it was wild. Like I, I was trying to see this artist that wrote like wrote this book called Juke Joint. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting, and I think all of you would like it. Because it's basically kinda like American Horror Story Coven. Have you ever seen that season? But focusing on the black people. So it's about like these black women Black witches? Kind of. And like they all escape from abusive black men. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they have, like, this bar called the juke joint. And the one rule is, like, don't touch the women, like, unsolicited. Mm -hmm. And so the minute, like, a man touches someone, like, the women, like, take them and then they kill them. And then they, like, eat them. (laughs) So it's, like, really intense. I'm like, oh, this is scary. But this is really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's by T. Franklin called Juke Joint. I thought it was really interesting. It was, like, like, I read comics, like, to cope with grad school. Um, and it was like the most interesting thing I read this week mm-hmm. and I would recommend it to our readers especially those that are like and the, the author she was in like an abusive relationship mm-hmm. with domestic violence so she her therapist told her to write about it in the future that should be like an episode two mm-hmm. I hope that's like the next thing after uh, sexual assault mm-hmm. domestic violence yeah, yeah. So the author, her therapist told her to like, why don't you write about this and this is what she produced and it was like this was only the first issue mm-hmm. so it was really great but what did I recommend? Oh my god, I gotta take this call, guys. Okay. Amazon, I need my package. Okay. <laughs> but so we're ending. But I really want to thank Kiana and Darian, the nurses. The nurses for coming yeah. all the way out here. Thank you for having us. This was so much fun. I, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> um, and to our listeners, Shannon's taking this call about her package. But you know where to find us. Drinking with Blurs on Facebook. Drinking W Blurs on Twitter. And drinkingwithblurs.com is our blog. Um, again, thank you too so much. Well, this was course. such a great conversation. I already know I'm going to have so much fun editing this. <laughs> um, but yeah, we thank you all so much for listening. And again, this is just proof that if you have an idea and you really want to come on the air, we will have you. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening and we look forward to having you all back next time. Bye.